This episode of the All Gen Gamers podcast is brought to you by Retro Magazine. Check out readretro.com and be sure to enter the promo code ALLGENPRINT for your nice podcast discount for a full one-year subscription. That's readretro.com. What's going on? Man, I missed you guys last week. Jason, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Doing well. So, um, yeah, so so Pete's, uh, he, he's he's in a snowstorm, and he's busy with school. We got, uh, let's see, uh, what else is going on? Ben is stuck in a snowstorm as well in Toronto. Right. have car troubles. And then, then uh, Jason, uh, Mel Jesus, is he's got stuff going on, just busy. So uh, it's just Jason and I, but we have a special guest. We have Mike Kennedy. How's it going, Mike? Hey, it's going great, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've had you on several times, haven't we, Mike? couple. Like, yeah, I think, think three. I Absolutely. think three, yeah. So, I think last time we had you on, we were talking about your new magazine, Retro yeah. uh, Magazine, which is great. Um, and then now you have another project you're working on, you're about to roll out, and we wanted to get you on and talk about that. So uh, you've, been, you've been busy, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been busy just getting the magazine up and running. We've had some, you know, a few changes and some growing pains there. Uh, you guys both get it, right? You guys uh, should be uh, current up through, I think, issue five, correct? I, I get it. I know Jason. Uh, um, yeah, he, Jason should be getting it. I, I, sh- I know I should be. I don't think I got the last one, though. Issue five. That was the Metroidvania issue? Uh, I don't believe so. Because I know you're, I know you have a subscription. So right, right. Know, you haven't moved or anything. I, I take it or anything. No, I haven't. So. I haven't. <laughs> hmm. It's well, all good. We'll will, look into it. I'll send you another one. Yeah, issue six uh, is getting ready to to ship out here in the next week or so. Well, hopefully by the end. Of, well, by the end of this week, it's supposed to be out. And that's a uh, point and click, right? That's it's going to be all on point and click. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah Ooh, it's really cool. interesting because retro gamers issue that just came out right now is a point and click issue as well. I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like their their cover and our cover, it's all like point and click, you know, with like all the different characters from point and click adventures on it. And I was just like, I just saw it come up on Twitter and I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, <laughs> do you consider them a competitor or do you look at their magazine like, okay. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're a bit of a competitor, but yeah, not sure. much, you know, I mean, that's a great magazine. Sure. Um, I think, you know, the market's certainly big enough for, for two retro gaming magazines. Uh, yeah. They cover, you know, a lot of UK centric stuff, you know, whereas we don't cover the UK centric stuff. Um, they do a lot but of there's some, they do some a lot crossover. And, uh, stuff like that, that we just didn't get in the States, right? So it's. Yeah, yeah, but it's a great, it's a great magazine. I mean, I, I love that magazine. It's you know just expensive to get over here. And, it is. Uh, it is. I guess the only big issue. Twelve bucks, ten bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but right on. Yeah, so yeah, so let's talk about your new your new project, man. Um, it's called the Retro Video Game System. The Retro VGS. So yeah, I mean, this is something that um, you know it's we're in the early stages of it right now. Um, you know, I'm always one to try to you know, kind of hurry up, get something out, get it, get it launched. Right. And, uh, you know, I think with this, um, it's turning out that it's, it's taking more time. You know, I wanted to try to have this thing, you know, uh, we'll probably launch it via Kickstarter here. Um, I wanted to try to get this thing out like in February or March, but it's, Probably and John, this is probably you know kind of new information for you. It's pro- we're probably a little bit behind that schedule. Okay, um, okay. And you guys will all kind of figure out you know uh, why I'm talking to John like this. But um, it's probably. I mean, I'd be happy to get it out up by June. You know, and take our time and and really prototype this thing and make sure that it's you know. It, it, so what we're doing is we're we're making a new cartridge based video game console, and part of what's delaying things is it's very difficult to create. A, a a product to make and play retro games on modern technology. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's like, you know, we wanted to keep this thing as close to like a Genesis or a SNES or a, or a, um, you know, Neo Geo is kind of what we're patterning it after. Like what, what system would have come out after the Neo Geo? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. wouldn't have been 3d and polygons and all of that stuff, but it would still have been a 2d system. And that's kind of what we're shooting for as far as capability. Okay. Um, and you know, do we make it high def? Do we not make it high def? Well, pretty much televisions are forcing us to be high def, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't want this console to just, you know, it wouldn't make sense to do an RF. Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or composite. I mean, or, or composite, composite. Right, you know right. I mean? Or composite, maybe. You I mean, know, an but, option, maybe. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know, but it's it's you know if we if we if we release this thing and it's not high def, 
you know, are we going to be like everybody? Why, why wouldn't they have made this high def? That makes no sense. Right. Um, but at the same time, you got a lot of retro gamers that are, you know, composites fine. But it's just that their TVs may not even, I mean, TVs may not even have composite, you know, a year or two from now. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and so, so that high def integration is really causing us to make this thing you know, from a processing standpoint, um, from lots of other, uh, you know, system architecture standpoints, it's making it difficult because, you know, we didn't want to have an OS in this thing. We didn't want to have an operating system, you know, I mean, operating systems, you know, F with the gameplay, you know what I mean? Right. You know, it interrupt, it can interrupt, it can slow down, you know, and, and we wanted this thing to be a cartridge where you put the cartridge in, you flip the switch, game comes on, done deal, you know? And uh, it's just the high def mechanism means we really can't do it. That we got to have you know some very thin layer of OS in this thing, and so it just you know it's just taken us a while you know to kind of figure out you know the best way to do it. You know the best way to make a love letter to these consoles that have come before it, these cartridge based consoles that have come before it. Um, and uh, but it's difficult. You know, it's it, it'd probably be easier to make, you know, an Android, you know, system, you know, like an OUYA or something else, because, I mean, that's that's all keeping up with the technology. We're going backwards and trying to make something old work on something new. Yeah, so, you don't really even think about that, you know, because you, you would, you know, looking at it, you would think, oh, well, we're so far advanced in technology. Surely we can make something old like it used to be. You know, they they struggled a long time to get it right. And today you think, oh, I can just make it. But actually, it's it's even worse, you know, to try to create something like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's and crazy. You, you read in the forums and, you know, everybody is chiming in. You know, we kind of leaked this out a little bit, mainly because, you know, I was out kind of uh, soliciting for developers. And so words kind of leaked out that, that this project is kind of you know, in its early, early stages. And, you know, there's, there's people out there that just think I'm nuts, that this is ridiculous. Why, why does the world need another console? Um, you know, and then, you know, and if we do do it, you know, is it going to do this? Is it going to do that? You know, and y- y- we've already said, you're never going to make a hundred percent of gamers happy. It's impossible. No, yeah. Nobody can impossible. do that. Because no one can, it's just, yeah. it's impossible. You know, there's so many different takes on things. So we just, you know, we're all retro gamers at heart. You know, I got, uh, Steve Wade is involved. Uh, he's kind of my partner on this. He was with Atari, of course, in the early days, but I mean, he, uh, you know, was with Sega. He did uh, Kid Chameleon. He did Sonic Spinball. He did Sonic 2. Was one of the main developers for those. Um, plus, lots of other. Uh, he worked for Tengen for a while. You know, a lot of the NES Tengen games. Um, you know, this guy. I mean, Steve, um, and he's a hardware guy. He was at Apple originally. He was like one of the earlier earliest employees at Apple, and you know, was good friends with Wozniak, and and you know, helped them with some hardware issues back in the Apple two days and stuff. So he is a hardware engineer and a software engineer. Um, <clears throat> and so he's, you know, he's. My partner on this thing and and on the hardware side you know we've worked with a few different folks and um you know we're problem with these hardware guys is they're all doing uh, other things you know what i mean and it's we're kind of having a hard time we've, we've you know started with one went to another one and now it looks like you know that person has got some commitments that have come up that uh, you know he feels are or you know uh you know he should do those versus kind of working with us um which was only kind of a part-time thing anyway you know um and so now sure. we're kind of we're kind of looking for a couple more for somebody else you know just we can't the hardware side is is just we're trying to nail somebody down on this and and so it's just taking a while you know but i think um well i think it's better you you take care of it now than you know officially launching it and then oh, there'd yeah. be like hiccups and delays and, absolutely you know yeah, without a doubt that's definitely know, smart we, we want to have you know a really nice prototype of this thing that's actually a prototype not a computer running behind the scenes or anything like that i mean you know we want to be able to i mean we and so i guess we can talk about the next cool thing here and and what is this thing going to look like because this is the one thing that we do know right john sure um I went out and bought the old original Atari Jaguar tooling, all of the hunks of steel that make the molds of uh, the console case for the Jag and the cartridge case for the Jag. And so we're basically going to repurpose, you know, this Jaguar, not the insides, but just you know what it looks like on the outside as the retro VGS. And so what has this done? Well, it saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars in startup because if we were going to design, 
you know, just the, you know, create from scratch, you know, what is this new console going to look like? Yeah. And what are these cartridges going to look like? And then we got to make this stuff. Um, you know, this would be, you know, I was told by the injection mold house that just took delivery of the Atari Jag tooling. This would have been a half a million dollars worth of tooling if I would have bought it. Yeah, day. shit, just the mold. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, so, I saw pictures of, uh, you posted on Facebook the other day of the mold. Um, yeah. It looks like really hefty, like very, very heavy. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> so cool, man. It's yeah, so it's cool. cool. So, How'd you come across that? I mean, how'd you come across that? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, it was, um, you know, back, that was maybe a couple of years ago, there was a thread on Atari Age that the molds for the Jag were put up on eBay. And so, you know, if you go through these threads, of course, a lot of people at Atari Age had already kind of uncovered these and what had happened to them since they since they left Atari. And what happened was in the late 90s when Atari either, I don't know if they filed for bankruptcy or they uh, restructured or something, but they ended up selling off a lot of their assets. And one of the assets that they put up for sale were the molds for the uh, Jaguar console cartridge and CD add-on. And... It turns out that a dental company um, in the Bay Area was making a product that looked very similar to what the Jaguar looked like, um, and but it was big. And so one somebody that worked at this dental company got word that you know this Jaguar kind of tanked, and. It was basically the, the molding company that they used, or the injection molding company that the dental company used, was also working with Atari. And so it got back to them that it was going under. They were going to be putting the tooling up. Well, I think it was the dude's son or that, that owned the dental company or somebody that worked for the injection molding company knew what that this Jaguar looked almost exactly like what they were making. And it, and it does. It's crazy. Uh, I've got a video documenting all of this. Dental. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a. It was a. Uh, they they they'd hang it on the wall, so they would carry the Jaguar case. The dentist would, or the dental assistant would, then hang it. They carry it from room to room, hang it on the wall, and this dent. Then the Jaguar had a wand that came out of it that was essentially the camera that was in your mouth that would show you know your mouth up in the screen in front of you while you're sitting in the in your exam chair. Hmm. You know, so they that was their thing. I mean, they kind of invented the dental camera, and so. Um, they got word that this Jag thing was getting sold off, and it was a much smaller, sleeker-looking unit, but still very similar to what they had designed on their own. So they bought it, and then for a few years, you know, used that mold in this new product. And then, um, you know, technology's changed on their end. Things have gone to USB. You just plug it into the computer, the wand, and stuff. So they don't need this external case anymore. So, um, you know, they put this thing up on eBay, like maybe two or three years ago uh, for like five or six grand. And then uh, somebody on Atari age saw it and was like, you know, then of course this huge thread breaks out over there. Oh God, and I'm so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of watching that thread and, and I, so I knew that it was there and, and a lot of them were wanting to buy it or they were trying to pool their money together to get them. But the, the deal is this is like 9,000 pounds of huge steel blocks on pallets. You know, so it was like as bad as as badly as I think a lot of them wanted it. They just really had nowhere. Logistically, it would have been hard as hell to ship. Yeah, I mean, you need a forklift to move them around. I mean, you know, and you got to store them and everything else. So basically, they went unsold uh, for two or three years. And um, Steve Mortensen, the guy with the company Imagine Systems, he just couldn't bring himself to melt them down and recycle the steel because he he appreciated the design of it. You know, he just thought sooner or later, you know, some crazy person will come around and want to buy these. And uh, then I call them, you know, like, <laughs> I'm that crazy person. <laughs> I am that crazy. Person. Absolutely. <laughs> so I called them like in last November, you know, uh, 2014. And then uh, in December, uh, I went up there with Dave Danzara, who some of you guys may know is did the video craze documentary. They're working on the No Princess in the Castle documentary. And he's a friend of mine. He lives down the street and it's kind of my videographer guy. So he and I jumped in my car and we drove up to San Francisco. Um, and we got a video of all of this, you know, because I wanted to sort of document this whole process um, in preparation for the Kickstarter video. And so we drove up there and, and went in and met with Steve and, and um, he kind of gave us a tour of the place showed us the the products that he was you know what he was making out of the jaguar case and everything and um he was just super super interesting he bought these back like in 98 so he's had them for quite a while and um you know so uh, he he didn't need them anymore and finally i bought them Uh, i got a great deal on them of course um and uh we just shipped them down here last week and uh, kind of videoed that, just some basic video I took with my iPhone when I was out there and there. Yeah. Um, and so if you guys uh, go to our Facebook page, I don't, 
it's weird. It's not like Facebook.com slash Retro VGS for some reason. They got a big, long thing. I don't know what the deal is. But if you just Google Retro VGS, uh, I think the Facebook link comes up right at the top. Uh, and I you think can you, can, you can change that, Mike, I think, once you hit a certain level of likes. Well, I thought it was 100 people. But, I mean, we hit, yeah. we hit 300 now, and it still hasn't changed. So I don't know what – it used to be 100. I know that. But You have to go to the options or uh, – yeah, there's a there's a way of doing is there it. A way? Setting, the settings. Yeah, I think go to settings. Oh, well, I'll go play with anyway, it. Anyway, mess make... around with it. But yeah, it's it's definitely looks looks like a beast. <laughs> so yeah. when you when you yeah. purchased this initially, Mike, did you have intentions of okay, I want to create a new console using this mold, or you just wanted it because it's part of gaming history? Oh what? no, I wanted. I mean, that's I mean that that's a cool <clears throat> that's cool that it's part of gaming history. But no, I mean, I really you know. I mean, I've been Steve Weed and I have been talking about this new console for like two and a half years. You know, this goes way back. And so, you know, originally we were talking about, uh, you know, doing a, a plug and play controller that would, you know, take new games on SD cards and, you know, all these kinds of things. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I just occurred to me that say, hey, I, mean, I remember there's this Jag thing. I, I'll call this guy, see if he still has it. Let's bring it back as a set top box. I mean, how cool would it be to have the Jaguar back? I mean, it's a great looking system. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, cause I mean, it, it's a very attractive design. It's very nice, and it looks just as good. I mean, today as it did back then, I think. And of course, we'll rebrand it with new graphics and new colors and everything else. But uh, and a new controller. You know, we, 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 I was we, just going to ask that. <laughs> How <laughs> yeah, about I, that controller? I, I tell you, I, I I've talked to a lot of people, and it's like everybody I talk to, they're like, "Well, I'm one of the few people that love the Jag controller." I've talked to more people that love that controller than than dislike it. I don't know about you guys, but um, I always kind of liked it. But uh, we're working with Interworks limited um they just did the pro u controller for the wii u um which is uh, basically if you guys google uh you know uh Pro U Wii controller or Wii Pro U, you'll see this thing, and it's just a beautiful controller. I was going to go out and design a controller. I was actually talking to some designers, and I, I was trying to envision what I would want this perfect controller to be, you know. And and, and uh, you know, it's easy for me to say what I want it to be, but you got to talk to game developers, right, and see what do they want it to be. Right, they're the ones making the games for it, right? It looks like if you were to take an Xbox controller and like merge it with a Super Nintendo controller, is essentially mm-hmm. kind of what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's got the dual analog sticks, which I've had lots of developers tell me you, you get, we really want dual analog sticks. We love that for dual stick shooters. We, you know, it's your great retro games. Um, you know, there's lots of things we can do with the dual sticks. But at the same time, it's pretty much got a full blown, you know, SNES style control pad. You know, with the correct orientation D pad. You know, the buttons on the right. Um, you know, so it's it's a blend be kind of between kind of a retro looking controller and a little bit more modern day controller. Um, but, um, so yeah, we're using them. Um, we're already talking, they're local, you know, they're down the street from me as well. So it works out really well. Um, you know, it's a pretty high quality controller. Um, you know, they're uh, going to help us, you know, with the branding to, to, you know, get a controller that really matches and it's going to be USB, I think, you know, and that way, you know, if somebody wants to plug in a different USB controller, they, they can do that. You know, that's part of why. Well, that's nice. USB. Mike, do you have to worry about. I'm assuming they've expired, but the patents were the Jaguar as far as Atari come after you and say, no, you can't use this. Cause yeah, well, I've got all letters. I mean, when they sold these back in 98, they they had letters that Steve got that I now possess, you know, he's, that I got after I bought them that basically <laughs> says that Atari releases all interest in okay. these items. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've got that on Atari letterhead with their director of licensing, whoever it was at the time. Um, I got all the original blueprints for the Jaguar, like the D size prints. Wow. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, I got this whole like binder full of stuff. I mean, oh it's, my it's God. awesome. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, yeah. And these letters from Atari and the original, let I me mean, literally original design and build two prints for, for the Jag. It's like tw- it's like there's like twenty different print D size prints there that unfold, you know, big huge things. These are going to get like framed and stuck on my wall. Somewhere. Yeah, totally. Like I'm, I was just going to say, Mike. Like, I'm so glad you have that stuff, man. You know, perfect guy to have it and actually put it to use. I mean, congratulations and thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah, that is so yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, the other thing I'm doing is um, I'm making translucent Jaguar cases. So if any of your listeners are interested in buying a, a translucent Jag case, um, because everybody on Atari Age, everybody's been uh, in that thread. It's like some, they wanted to buy these so that they could continue to make 
you know, different colored cases or, you know, whatever. And so I'm basically, you know, there's a very small window of opportunity here because once, um, you know, I'll probably do one run of them and then that's it. I'm just doing it, you know, to, to, to help them out because they've wanted this, you know. So the week after next, actually, um, which uh, if you're listening to this podcast, this would be the week of... March 16th, um, I think we are going to do the runs of uh, the translucent JAG cases, and I'm selling them for 40 bucks. Um, I think cool. that's delivered, 40 or 45 delivered, I think. Um, and then I'm also doing cartridge cases. You know, a lot of them want cartridges too. So um, we're going to actually be setting the molds up for the first time and testing them and running those translucent molds that week. We'll be videotaping all of that. So we'll be able to like see the machinery and seeing the molds, you know, and the, the Atari cases popping out of them again. Uh, I'm really excited to go and uh, and kind of record that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, so we're trying to satisfy some of those collectors, those hobbyists obvious, you know, wants, you know, on the Jaguar side, you know, since I have them and, um, you know, but yeah, at least they didn't get melted down. Right. I mean, they're, oh my gosh, I feel like there, you know, there's a, there was a thin line, you know, during a a certain period for those molds, you know, and I feel like they easily could have, especially in just, you know, with the economy tanking and a lot of things going down, people were hard up and I think they could have very easily. So I'm glad they didn't. That's amazing. They were still around. Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about the hardware itself as far as what, you know, what it can do and... Well, I think, you know, maybe the other question is, you know, answering some of these questions and, and, you know, love to kind of get your thoughts on this. I mean, why, why have a new system? Yeah, sure. Because that's one of the, you know, even, even diehard retro collectors are like, this guy's nuts. You know, there's plenty of ways to play retro games and to get your games these days. Why do we even need this? Well, you know, I love cartridges. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm just the the only guy out there that that still values, you know, the ability to go pick up, a, you know, a cartridge at a store, or order it online, or whatever, for a new game. All right, this isn't um, this isn't a Retron Five where you're just going to you know continue to play your old games over and over again. And you know, this this game. The reason I'm doing this is because I was at E3 last year, and I saw all of these retro games uh, in Microsoft's booth, in Sony's booth. I mean, you know, it's a genre now. And those systems, in my mind, are not optimized for playing retro games. You know, they're 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 optimized for playing you know 3D games, online games. You know, in the store, you know, it goes on and on and on. But are they the best way to play a retro game? And so you get all these indie developers that grew up on these great games, you know, the 80s, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, that are now making games you know, as almost tributes to the games that they grew up on because, hey, they're still fun and uh, they want to make games like that. So it's grown into this huge genre. Um, It's an art form now, you know, and that's why, you know, I think it's not going to go away. I don't think that, you know, uh, the life for this system is limited because as long as people love those, the sprite-based graphics and there's gamers that are developing, that that are, you know, developers that grew up on those games that continue to develop those games because they're fun to play, you know, game, they're, gameplay never goes out of style um the graphics now are all in art form now i mean it's it's all the rage you know and it's just going to mm-hmm. continue i think and so i wanted to create a system that plays these new games coming out on these modern day systems but but put it on you know play retro games on a retro console you know what i mean mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. really to, to boil it down and you know one that has a proper controller one that you don't have to you know one that works out of the box it doesn't need patches after you get the damn thing you know one that you know a friend of mine bought a wii u over christmas and i mean it was it took him over an hour to plug it in and get playing a game yeah that, that's my biggest frustration with modern gaming is the loading and the updates and even like the you know the new xbox one like you, you buy a game and it's like a 50 gig game you have to download the game into the hard drive yeah and mm-hmm. you have a 500 gig hard drive okay so you can put what 10 games into it and then you have to get an external hard drive. i mean it's just like yeah super frustrating so yeah so we're just trying that. to bring that back bring that culture back i mean if people sure. read between the lines of what i'm trying to do it's not just you know you know complicate the market by coming out with yet another thing. It's coming out with something that, I mean, there hasn't been a a, a new console since the N64 and 96 that, that's been launched that plays new games on cartridges. So, so you know, uh, this is, like I said, I don't want this to get confused with a Nuya or a Retron 5 or whatever. I mean, this thing is totally unique. It plays these games that people are making for mobile, 
you know, that are great retro games that are, that, that are great on mobile, but hey, they'd be better on, a, on, a, on your television with a controller, you know, and okay, maybe you've got Android and the OUYA can do that. But, you know, it's, it's uh, again, you still got the downloads and, and all of this other stuff to deal with when you just want to get your damn game, pull it out of the box, read a beautiful illustrated instruction manual, put it back in the box, store your box, collect your box, put the cartridge in, take your cartridge to your friend's house. It'll have all the saved data on your cartridge so you can play the same game at your friend's house that you're playing at your house. You know, you can trade games with your friends or your coworker, whatever. Just like we always used to do. That's just the magical time. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I miss it. <laughs> I miss yeah. it. There's no reason we can't have it back. You know, yeah. that's, and again, yeah. that may be a, a ridiculous pie in the sky, wishful thinking thing, but hey, why not try? Especially since I got my hands on these molds for next to nothing. So it's a very little investment on my part, you know, and, and to go out there and try to bring some of that culture back. And, you know, it's a great time to do it. Because you got all of these retro games that are coming out. Like, I want to play Resogun, but I don't want to spend 400 bucks on a PS4 to play a $20 downloadable title. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'd buy a console for 150 and a $30 cartridge of, of Resogun in a freaking heartbeat. You know, uh, or a cartridge of Retro City Rampage or a cartridge of Shovel Knight. You know, I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, and that's the prices you're, you're kind of leaning towards, right? 150 yeah, I think, well, I mean, you know, we, we definitely want to keep the thing under 200, of course. Um, yeah. You know, 180, I think 150 on the low end, 180 on the high end. It's probably going to be somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, we're still nailing down, you know, the costs and whatnot. But, uh, you know, what I want to say is, you know, for that 150, that 180, you're getting the console. You're getting two controllers. You're getting a packing game, you know, maybe two packing games. I mean, you know, we're trying to we still want to stuff a ton of value in that box. You know, so, you know, it, it's it's uh, and games, you know, I think games, uh, everybody's asking us, you know, what are the cartridges going to cost you and everything else? Well, um, I can tell you, you know, that we've looked at this and the cartridges, you know, our cost to manufacture that cartridge is going to be with the cartridge, the box and the instruction book is going to be around eight bucks. You know, and that's not for a huge quantity. You know, if the quantities go up, that that number drops dramatically. But um, you know, so these these you know could be selling for you know nineteen ninety nine on the low end to maybe thirty nine ninety nine on the high end for like you know a big in depth game or potentially you know um, you know maybe a more well known game that gets remade on the system. I mean, whatever you know, somewhere in the twenty to forty dollar range. Sure. Um, and um, and so that's I mean that's kind of where we're at and and. You know, the other question is the games, you know, what games are going to come out on this? Because, you know, console we've learned over the years is only as good as the games that have come out for it. And so, you know, we're trying to, to take some time and, and um, you know, bring some games onto the system that uh, we want new franchises born, new games born on this thing. Not just rehab, you know, not just playing the same old game over and over and over again, which is great. But there are places to already do that. You know, but, um, you know, bring out some new games. And, and so we're talking to lots of indie developers and small developers who really aren't making any money. I mean, you know, significant money, you know, full time, jump into this full time kind of money, you know, creating games for the iPhone or or whatever. There's a few. Right. But I mean, out of the one hundred thirty thousand games that were released on iOS last year, I mean, how many how many of those developers that made those games are, are doing it full time and and as a business, you know, not just as a hobby or, or sure. whatever. You know. Sure. So, you know, so far the response has been pretty good from, from collectors or from, from developers. It's like, even if we've got a much smaller installed user base, you know, first of all, their games aren't free to play or 99 cents. They're not making a nickel or a penny or whatever. I mean, you know, they're going to make maybe 15 to $25 per game, depending on whatever, whatever our selling price is with the, the shared, you know, royalty or whatever, you know, so if they go out and they sell 20,000 games or 30,000 games or 50,000 games, you know, and they're making, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, that's, Hell of a lot better than $300,000. I mean, you know, so, you know, we've had, I mean, in the time that I've started soliciting for developers, I've probably had now, we're probably up to around 70, like in the last two weeks that have emailed us, you know, wanting those specs, wanting to the design specs. How do we make games for this thing? And uh, unfortunately, we can't kind of fill in all of the blanks right now for them. So we're, you know, that's something we hope to get them, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Um, But but we'll get there. We'll get that. Um, We want to make this thing very easy for everybody to program for um it's not going to play well with like unity 3d or you know it's more you know this is a 2d machine 
you know, and so we want this thing to be, you know, as compatible as possible with a lot of the, two, you know, 2D toolkits that are out there that people are already using, um, you know, low level, you know, lower level programming languages, you know, assembly, C, C plus, um, and, um, and, and those types of things, you know, so that, that's kind of, you know, what it is. That's why we're doing it, you know, not just to, again, convolute and, and complicate things, but to bring culture back uh, before it's gone for good. You know, I mean, it's getting to the point where there's going to be nothing to collect. There's going to be nothing to brag about. There's going to be nothing. Mm-hmm. True. Right. True. I mean, don't yeah. you guys agree with that? It's already I mean, happening it's, right now. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So the physical tangibility, I mean, that's why all of us are out collecting games that are 20, 30 years old, because I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, and how great, I, I mean, again, not just because it's, it's, I'm doing this, but I mean, if somebody else were to do this and if I fail and somebody else does it, I would back it. I mean, it's like, give me that cartridge, give me that tangibility, give me the games, um, you know, take away all of the, you know, nonsense and red tape involved with the gaming industry as it is today. You know, um, simpler times, simpler gameplay, simpler graphics. It's all still fun. Taking it back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the. I think there's a market for people who like the physical games. I know we've talked about it here on this podcast multiple times about just how gaming's changing, more digital, and you know, we kind of joked in the future, kids like this is my collection and pointing to a PC. You know, or like <laughs> yeah, you know, how like, sad is that? This, these are my games that I own, and you know, they're in the air. Just pictures, uh, yeah. yeah, just pictures, yeah. cloud. But no, I Let's definitely think there's a market for this. Yeah. Definitely, Mike, and you know, I'm personally excited about this because Mike reached out to myself and Collector Vision Games, and we're going to be uh, developing games for the system. In fact, one of them is going to be a packing game for the mm-hmm. for the console. It's uh, the Adventures of Tiny Knight. We're super excited about. And Mike kind of mentioned, you know, they're looking for new new uh, series, new platforms, new uh, you know genre kind of a series basically for the system. And this is basically what it's going to be. It's a brand new game. Uh, it's going to play the kind of like Metroid, similar to Metroid style. Uh, not Metroid. I'm sorry, Mega Man. I apologize, but uh, yeah, I know we're super excited. So, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great game. I love like the Wonder Boy series. So when I saw yeah, it's become like um, Wonder Adventures Boy. of China, it just reminded me of, of like Wonder Boy. So it's a kind of an RPG platformer. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. uh, it, it just reminded me of that. So yeah, so we're excited about that. And you know, one of the things we'll be doing for the Kickstarter is that game. Uh, for everybody that buys the, the the console during the Kickstarter, that game is gonna be in a. Uh, you know, basically, a limited edition gold cartridge. Um, the retail versions after the Kickstarter ends, you know, will not be that way. Um, and um, so, so yeah, yeah, we're excited to have uh, John Collector Vision on board this thing. And and uh, uh, in addition to that, they got a few other games they'll be bringing out. They probably have three or four launch titles, maybe five. You know, mm-hmm. um, when this thing launches sometime next year. I mean, uh, delivers. You know, sometime next year. Um, and then uh, you know, again, it's just now we're just trying to we're going to GDC this week. And, and or next week and you know talking to some developers there um i don't really want to mention anybody i've kind of i've gotten in a bit of trouble <laughs> mentioning you know we have had some conversations with a couple of the big publishers and they've asked us to not say anything until it's like official and it's a done deal and so you know, i'm having to kind of go back uh, on my words and stuff like that but but uh, you know it's kind of my my vision to, to to talk to some of these big developers and for big publishers and bring back some of these sequels to these 16-bit you know, classics that, that, that fans love, you know, and, and that haven't, you know, been touched or monetized or, or brought back in, you know, 20, 15, 20, 30, and some of them, you know, 25 years, you know, and, and this is a great system to bring back some of those old franchises on, because again, you've got the controller, you don't have to deal with the touchscreen. Um, you know, it's the, your demographics and to want that cartridge and to collect it and to own it, you know, add it to the, to the other cartridges that, you know, from the franchise that maybe 15, 20 years old. Uh, it just all goes back to that ownership, you know, mm-hmm. and, there's a big and, market for it. I know there is. And that's like you've said, I mean, that's why we collect and that's why collecting today is just skyrocketing. It's going through the roof to get a hold of anything. It's because, you know, people, people want that. They want that physical collectability of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, game companies now, I mean, they're trying to do that with, um, you know, the Amiibos. I mean, Christ, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, you know, they're trying to get that tangibility, you know, b- bring some of that tangibility back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, you know, with toys that, you know, now, you know, to play the game. I mean, it's just kind of nuts, you know, to me. But but I see why they're doing it. It's a huge market. You know, people want that stuff. You know, they can't collect the cartridge, but now they, you know, now they get these great, you know, 
characters and and, um, and and everything else. I mean, it's. I mean, there's a reason Activision's doing it, and that Disney's doing it, and now Nintendo's doing it. I mean, because they're making you know crap tons of money. They are. Mm-hmm. You know, these, everybody buying these toys. Everybody from the kids to the adults to I mean, everybody's buying these things. You name it. Yeah. So, so your next step, Mike, after you, the system comes out, you're gonna have to come out with some figures to go along with the the system and interact with it, right? That's your next call. Yeah. There. Yeah, Re- right. Retro some, Evos some, or some, I don't know what you call it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> retroites. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it's <laughs> yeah, exciting. You know, it's it's it's, it's um, interesting getting people's feedback. And, and, you know, for every person that loves the idea, there's like the same amount of people that think you're nuts and crazy and who would buy this thing. So, it's, it's you know, it's you just got to you just. The great thing about Kickstarter is, hey, if, if that's true, then nobody will buy it. Then, hey, fine. You know, it, it, we thought it was a great idea. People didn't buy into it. Now we know. The, you know, the, you know there's, there's nothing wrong with taking a shot at anything and attempting to make something better. Yeah. So you have nothing to lose other than, yeah. you know, just doing it. And that's, yeah. you're on it, yeah. man. No yeah, shame at all. That's awesome. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So Wait. it's... Mm-hmm. Mike, can you talk about some of the the tiers that you have so so far? Your ideas of Kickstarter. Have you, are you ready to share some of those? Oh, probably not. I mean, okay. it's you know okay. they're going to be pretty basic tiers. I okay. mean, you know they're you know they're with this Kickstarter though we do have the kind of the interesting option of kickstarting games along with the console. I mean, this is this I don't think it's really ever been done before. Like when the Ouya launched or the Game Stick launch, you know, the Android device launches, they don't really have to launch with any games because I mean there's already people making games for that format, so they. Know there's going to be games on it. Well, with ours, you know, we want to have you know X amount of games available, so we can say without a doubt, 100 that when this thing delivers, you know, in March of 2016, that there's going to be at least 10 games available to buy that day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or that you can pick from as part of this Kickstarter and and get you know when you del- we deliver the box to you, it comes with the games that you got. So we have you know we can potentially kickstart games right along with this so you know it's like if we want to go after like a big license of of an old game you know we could talk to that publisher and say you know you haven't monetized this game in 20 years but we know that there's a big you know a a huge fan base that would just go nuts if they could get their hands on you know a new one a new game you know from this franchise and so what are you going to charge us for that license? You know, mm-hmm. um, I do have developers that that uh, have worked. I am, I am talking to Mike Micah. I mean, he, they just did iDarb, and and uh, but he I mean he's done lots of games for lots of developers and had really good, real, great relationships with them. And and he's so kind of sort of you know kind of on our team to to start those early negotiations with some of these big developer, big publishers about bringing back some of these sequels. So you know take sequel a and say, you know, they say, here's how much it'll cost you. We can say, okay, you know, if we hit $4 million, we're going to bring back, you know, bam, you know, a new franchise, a new, a new game from this franchise or something like that. So, I mean, that would take this thing to a whole new level. Cause I mean, if you had three or four or five games that were sequels to huge fan favorites and they were kickstarted right along with this. And then at the end, you can pick two or three of the games that were released or unlocked during this Kickstarter and ship those with your system. I mean, this thing would go nuts. You know, I, I just saw so, the other day that Toe Jam and Earl, uh, there's yeah. my Kickstarter that they're trying to put out. And when's that, what's the last Toe Jam and Earl game we saw? You know, yeah, well, like yeah, I mean, just, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's a great, that's a, that's I'm trying great. to think of other old series that have, I haven't seen in a while. Like Jason, can you think of any? Old games, oh, there's like tons, tons and tons. I just don't want to name any because I don't want to get anybody excited. No, I know. <laughs> I've, already yeah. been, I've already been slapped on the wrist about you know name dropping. So I'm just gonna say, <laughs> we, you know, we have been talking, and and uh, there are about a dozen on our list that uh, we know people would go ape shit for, you know. And so now it's just a matter of trying to, you know if we want those to be introduced at the Kickstarter, which, you know, would send this thing into the stratosphere, then, um, you know, we'll probably wait until we can get at least one or two, you know, titles like that, that caliber integrated into this thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just think about some of your favorite games from the last, you know, t- t- 20 to 30 years, um, you know, late mid to late eighties and early nineties franchises that you'd love to see come back, you know, and, um, you know, we're probably thinking about a lot of the same games that you are, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'd like, you know, we're talking to, to John and, and, um, you know, you got, um, you know, there's, there's f- 
five or six others, you know, Watermelon, you know, I talked to Tulio over there, I mean, you know, about Pierce Solar and, and a couple of, they got a couple of new games coming out this year. Um, they think they'd be great, you know, for the system. They think it'd be relatively easy for them to port these over to the system. Um, you know, now nothing's official there, everybody. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, we're talking to, you know, people that have had a lot of, uh, you know, released over the last year or two, some pretty successful, um, yeah, I've talked to Brian Provinciano about Retro City Rampage. You know, he'd love to see his game on a cartridge. I mean, and his fans would love to buy that on a cartridge. You know what I mean? Sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we're talking to the right people. Um, you know, I've, you know, personally got a great team behind this. It's, you know, when I do something, it's, it's just, I, I try to bring in the best people, just like I did with the magazine. I mean, it's like, it's the best, you know, and that's, you know, that's what we're, I'm trying to do here, but just with the console. And, um, you know, Steve Wade has been a you know a tremendous asset in this thing, and, and uh, you know he's um, you know really excited. He'd like to make more. You know, he'd like to make games for this, and he's you know tied into lots of game developers and, and programmers that are you know kind of iconic. Um, and he's had great conversations with many of them about getting back in and making games for this thing. So it's you know there's a lot behind it. You know, and so it just for us to really pull it together and to hit out of the park that we really got to hit that Kickstarter with, you know, here are the games that are going to be available, you know, and then also if you're a developer and you want to make games for this system, get in touch with us now, put that in there. You know what I mean? So we're continually getting that's what when we did the magazine, we I probably had 100 to 150 writers from all over the world want to write for the magazine because they wanted to get in a magazine. So I think it's going to be the same thing with developers. You got all these indie developers, big, big ones, small ones, you know, mediums. Hey, I want to get my game on a cartridge, you know, and this is an opportunity to do it. I love to support the system. I believe in why you're doing this. I grew up on this, on these games and the culture that you're talking about, you know, that's what we're hoping. And so, you know, we're trying to kind of create the perfect storm of a Kickstarter. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just see only, only time will tell, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes complete sense though. You know, it really does. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's good that uh, you guys don't think it's completely crazy. I'm just curious what the younger gamers will think yeah. about this. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. the only that's the only demographic I think you'll have people push back on it. People who don't yeah. understand and don't get the like people who didn't grow up with the N64. Yeah, you know, people who grew up with the PS1 possibly or, or later. I yeah. think they might be like, "What are these guys doing?" But yeah. you know, you're not going to please everyone, like you said, Mike. And yeah, I, I yeah. do think there's a market for this. And I think, I think it'd also be a great market for parents. You know, I mean, if you grew up on these games and you've got kids, and, and you know, you want them playing new games that are similar to what you grew up on, not you know the old game. I mean, there's plenty of old games I guess they could play at the same time that they'd never seen before. They're new to them, I guess. But but um, you know, if the parents kind of want to sit down, play a new retro style game, you know, play Adventures of Tiny Knight. You know, it's a game that is for all ages. It's fun, and they can sit down and play with their kids and. You know, not worry about any, you know, embarrassing moments or, you know, you know, pretty, you know, pretty family, you know, family oriented fun, you know, Um, in addition to, you know, 2D fighters and blood and guts and everything else that I'm sure would appear on this thing. But we want to keep it open source. We don't really want to limit it. You know what I mean? I mean, if if, uh, we we would have a developer support team also that if if you make a game in your house and you want to buy 50 copies and put it onto a cartridge, you call us. Hey, I've made this game. I I want to sell it on eBay. I want to sell it at at this expo or on my website. Can I put it on your system and will you make me cartridges? Yeah, we'll make you cartridge. How many do you want? You know, we have a minimum order of maybe 25 or 50. Um, we'll give you a cartridge, the instruction book, you know, whatever. And you can sell them on your own. And, uh, of course, everybody that buys one has got to play it on our system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if somebody sends in a game to us that they want to buy 50 copies of, and we look at it and we go, holy shit, that's like the coolest game we've ever seen. You know, instead of buying, selling you 50, how about we help you? How about we take this to our market and we publish this thing and we sell 50,000 of them? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's sort of my plan. I mean, you know, trying to really keep this thing easy and open source. You know, people can make games for this thing. You know, schools, you know, that teach programming can make games for this thing. And um, I, just, I just think there's so many things we can do with it, you know. I agree. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I'm pumped. I'm all in. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah. But if you got young listeners, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're, you know, in that, that, that younger demographic, you know, what do you guys think? I mean, is this something, you know, do you see the value in owning this cartridge and playing this game that you love 10, 15 years from now when you're in college, you know, or maybe you quit playing games for a while and then you get your disposable income like all of us and you start want to buy all of that stuff that you had when you were little, you know, this is the, a way for you to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, cool. So I guess what's the best way of people staying connected through the Facebook right now? I think I just the, yeah, Facebook right now, um, retrovgs.com. Uh, we've got the domain. We've not fired it up yet. Um, you can uh, bookmark that for future reference. But right now um, we are, you know, updating that. So if you, um, you know, just go to Google and type in retrovgs, um, you know, you'll see probably quite a few forums, you know, people talking about it. You can kind of chime in there or, uh, but follow us on the Facebook page. Uh, and I think we're also twitter.com slash VGS. Uh, that one I do believe works. So you can go uh, and follow us there. But, you know, we're really trying to gauge the interest in this thing and, and, and stir up some pre-Kickstarter buzz. So if you think it's a great idea, definitely follow us. You know, it just takes you a second to do that. And then, um, you know, we're, we're going to update that with some new videos. You know, when we talk to developers and we have screenshots of games that are coming up on this thing, you know, you're going to learn all about it first, probably on our Facebook page. Um, that isn't, you know, until we get our website, you know, up and running. So, uh, but Facebook, you know, I would say at least weekly, you'll see some updates there. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I would just follow us on Facebook for now. And I, if you guys could put the link in the show notes, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we're looking at possibly a June Kickstarter launch, but that may change. My goal is to have it, uh, yeah. yeah, spring, late spring, uh, early to midsummer, yeah. yeah. And then, then launched or come out next time, Deliver. next year's. Delivery probably it'd probably take a year, you know, to yeah. deliver. So, you know, if the yeah. Kickstarter's in June, things would start probably delivering in June. And we're making this in the USA, everybody. I mean, this is something that I'm going to make uh, my real job. You know, for the last 25 years is, you know, lean manufacturing and and manufacturing process and and uh, material handling and, and all of this kinds of all of these kinds of things. So, um, you know, I'm going to we're going to make this in the USA here in Southern California. So. You know, we Very want this cool. thing. We don't want it to be a toy. You know, we want it, want it made in China. We want this thing to be super high quality. Um, as I said, I don't. I think that this will have a long life as long as people love the way, you know, love to play and, and enjoy old school games. And you've got people that want to make old school games. This system never has to go out. And, and it's like it doesn't have to keep increasing its capabilities every five years, like like every other system before it, right? This system is just made to play fun 2D games that tons and tons of people are making now. And as long as people are making it, people are playing it, this system can, as long as technology will allow it to hook up to your TV, we want this thing to be, you know, this is the this is the go-to machine to, to get your retro, to get that retro love, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and just one more, one more question. Mm-hmm. You're going to make it PAL compatible as well for those who live in other markets? So they can yeah, I mean, we yeah. definitely want to make this international. Yeah. Um, with you know the plug to PAL. Um, again, I've been told. I mean, and, and I could be wrong, but if it's HD, you know, the the PAL NTS thing it doesn't come into as much play as if it were composite um, or like RF, of course. Um, so, but no, I mean, our goal is to, to make this thing uh, you know playable uh, all around. Cool. Yeah, sounds amazing. Well, I, we appreciate you coming on, Mike. And I just want to do a shameless plug as well. Mike yeah. and I are, are uh, co-hosts of, with, with Willie on ColecoVision's podcast as well. So, yeah. So we, we record that monthly, once a month. So awesome having you on, Mike. Cool, man. Well, hey, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay, later. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, bye-bye. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so what do you think, Jason, man? I mean. Man, yeah. I'm, I, I was excited to hear about it. Uh, I know you've just briefly mentioned a little bit about it to me and yeah. um, now getting the official word of it here, man, I'm, I'm all in, I'm pumped for that. I, I think, I, I really think there's a market for that, even just yeah. to get that physical cartridge back and to have these, uh, all these awesome games in cartridge form again, just that alone is worth so much, but then to actually have the support and have a proper controller and just, I don't know, man, it's a, like you said, it's a love letter, you know? It's absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've known for this about the system for gosh over half a year now, and I've had to bite my tongue because I've wanted to tell people about it. You know, like yeah, yeah. post pictures of it, and you know I have access to the Kickstarter page, which isn't launched yet, and I can't share that. I don't want to share that yet because I don't want to spoil anything. But I've had to like restrain myself from like because he was talking about some developers that are working on this game, and I know about those developers he's working with and some of these series that are coming back and. They're unbelievable. Like you said, they're going to blow your mind, uh, which is crazy. So I- I'm excited for it. I do think there's a market for it. So, mm-hmm. And what's cool, Jason, is 
we're going to have an example of this at our convention game on expo later this year in august yes that is one thing i do know (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm excited for that totally excited i think that'll be like the first time uh talking to mike that'll be the first time you actually be able to play a prototype in person so that's that's our gaming we've talked about that before you know you know we really haven't we haven't really brought it up i guess like officially and i i really think we probably could at this point yeah yeah so so we're out jason and i and two other guys uh locally here are putting together a gaming expo in in phoenix market mesa arizona and it's august 28th to 30th called game on expo and we've got a lot of cool things planned. We're, the website is azgameonexpo.com, and you just go to Facebook and, and Twitter. It's Game on Expo. But it's a lot of work. I mean, but it's fun, man. I, I mean, I know you and I had talked about this doing this years ago. We had originally talked about something like that uh, or something like this, uh, I think, about four years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of one of those things to where, you know, when the stars line up right, and when things just start to come together and you put in the hard work, you can really make something cool. And, and there, you know, there isn't a convention here in, in Arizona like this, no, you know, no. so it's just such a, uh, a wonderful experience and what a wonderful thing to bring to the Valley here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, again, it's like, we can't say a whole lot about it just yet, right? but you know the thing is we are we are going to have tournaments there we're going to have retro consoles modern consoles there's going to be cosplay tournaments there's i mean it's going to be a full-fledged show and wet, wet t-shirt contests yeah and the jello wet jello uh, <laughs> pool in the middle of that i heard that you're going to be jumping in i'm i'm oh, down to film heck it yeah heck yeah no uh but uh, no it's gonna be fun you know we're actually doing a um a retro championships competition there yep be cool so working with the collector vision games we're going to release a special Nintendo cart that's going to have three mini games. They're going to be completely new games done in the same style mm-hmm. as Nintendo World Championship. So it's been 25 years. 1990 was when this Nintendo Championship cart was held. And a lot of us know about this gold cart and the gray carts. So we're going to be releasing a gold cart for the winner. We hope to have a cash prize as well for the winner. But it's going to be cool. And there'll be more details as we go further along with it. But definitely follow excited. us about on our social media where, you know, that's where we're posting a lot. We're getting everything squared away in our website there. That's going to be, you know, your main connection to getting all that news about it. But, um, yeah, it, it's moving. It's moving rapidly. I mean, we are really pushing forward and we're going full steam ahead. And um, it's everything is coming together. I mean, that's that's the main thing it's like everything is happening and everything that is happening is fantastic it's just falling into place i just Mm -hmm. i'm very excited and uh it's an amazing experience that's all i keep thinking it's it's really cool yeah well i'm excited to be working with you man yeah you too john i mean gosh it's it's been years you know there's so many things that we we're involved in together and it's amazing to actually be in business with you like this it's so cool yeah, yeah. But it's a shameless plug there on our podcast, but uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's definitely it's something exciting about, and I'm sure you guys will be interested in, in checking it out for at least. So, mm-hmm. cool, man. So, what else you been up to? Um, well, I just man, I just released a video talking about all my plug and play collection, and nice. that's really about it. I've been playing a ton of that, a lot of different plug and plays, and those are always a fun little thing to collect. I know when we were up at PAX a few years ago, we did that "I Hate You" video with MJR and. We played that Miley Cyrus, a butt plug one. And (laughs) from there, I was like, man, these are kind of cool. And just started collecting them. And I've got about, I don't know, 65 of those little things now. It's amazing. Do you get them at like uh, Goodwill or what do you Uh, pick them up? All of them at Goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a couple of bucks a piece. You know, they're super cheap. Um, Sometimes they're even just free, you know. So um, it's hit or miss. You know, some are good. Some are really bad. But what's your favorite? Um, my favorite is Namco made a, um, a, a Ms. Pac-Man plug and play, which has, it has Ms. Pac-Man, it has Mappy, it has, uh, I think it has Galaga and it has pole position on there. And I love pole position on there. That's honestly the best port ever because it uses analog control. So the very top of it, it has this yellow ball that you actually twist, like you're turning a key. You know, so you twist it right or left, and it's very precise. And honestly, that's the best control you're going to get for a pole position. I know, you know, they've ported it to, like, uh, I think they did, like, a Namco collection and Greatest Hits and a bunch of games where it has it on there. But even with a joystick, it's just not as accurate, man. But. Hmm. 
having that on that pl- can you imagine this cheap little plug and play has some of the best control for that game ever i know it's ever. just one yeah. little game but man it, it's mind-blowing how fun that game is um, is it the wireless controller or no it is a wired yeah, wired. it's a wired. It runs off batteries. Yeah. yeah, but they do. Yeah, you're right though, John. They did make one, a different version that is wireless that does have it on there too. Okay. Yeah, it like okay. clips into the top, and it's really. Uh-huh. It looks like one of those. Um, it looks like a, a cocktail arcade. Yeah, yeah, like a cocktail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah very Jack cool. Specific made a bunch of those different plug and plays, huh? Oh, dude! Pretty yeah, much they, everyone yeah, I own, like 95% of them is Jacks, and yeah. I wonder so, why they stopped making them. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, most of the years that I, I look on them, they're either from like 2000 to like 2009. So like, it's that era. You know, it's it's definitely that 10 year gap is when they were the most active. So I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen any. And even now, like you go to the you go to the store, you go to Target or Walmart or whatever, and you don't really see them anywhere. So it must have been this like phase or phenomenon that they were just just hitting the market hard with all this stuff, and they must have been selling a lot because you can find them out at, at the Goodwills. You know, they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There is what? one though I want to tell you about John because sure. I think you'd sure. really really like it. Um, it's Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and what it is, it looks just like like it has um, two handle grips, like you're in a fighter, right? Okay. And it plays exactly like Star Wars arcade, the arcade you have. No, I'm serious, and it's motion, it the what? and it's Star motion. Wars? Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and honestly, you have A and B. You have your thumbs that do torpedoes, and your pointer fingers sit on triggers that do lasers, and you honestly you move it around. And it plays just like it. And you and I both oh, wow. know. Shit. Yeah. And go watch my recent video. I just posted it yesterday of plug and plays. I'm not sure. Like somewhere halfway through, you'll see it. But go look because I show some gameplay footage of it too. It's my like top, my favorite okay. plug and play out of everything I own. But that right there is so cool because as you and I both know, Star Wars Arcade was never officially or properly ported over to any consoles. It was on GameCube. There's a, I think right. Rogue Squadron 3, like a, game, a, yeah, yeah. a hidden game you could get, but it wasn't it wasn't officially like done, you know? So well, if, you're, if you're not including like the ColecoVision ports and you know, the earlier console ports, but you're right. As far as the arcade quality port. Yeah. That's absolutely. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but this okay. is really, it's not vector, but it, it's amazing. I think you would, you would love it. And man, you're going to have to come over with it or something. Sometime we have to sit down and play it unless you've yeah. already ordered it. You probably already have, and you yeah, should. I'm already, I'm already booking it right, ordering it right now. <laughs> you should. It's I'm, really I'm good. A picture looks so unique. It's got these two handle. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought of you when I when I uh, when I got it. I was like, dude, John would just love. I this. have I have the plug and play with the Darth Vader on it. You know, like there's his helmet or whatever, Darth Vader. Oh yeah, yeah. Bunch of mini games. Yeah, it's there. like four or five mini games. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. good. That's fun. I mean, those are really fun. I think they made like an RTD2 one and maybe a uh, General Grievous one as well, I think. Yeah, they did. They did yeah. an R2 and they did a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's th- uh, three or four of them in total. Cool. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but what about you? Anything, what have you been playing or doing anything? Anything new? Man, well, I, I went on, uh, I've been huge into like the homebrew scene now, just buying up games from different people you know uh so i i went there's a really cool website called retrousb.com and i've mentioned before oh yeah uh, they, they sell like battle kid one and two and some other homebrew but i picked up the new leisure suit larry game for the nes Ooh, loving it like i love like those point we talked about point and click games you know a little bit before in the podcast but uh i love that game and actually supported really well to the nes it's done in the style of like apple graphics apple 2 graphics oh yeah yeah same style yeah but it's, it's funny to see it's on uh on the Nintendo, on the NES. And it's called, it's not called Leisure Suit Larry. It's called uh, Larry and the Long Look for Luxious Lovers. <laughs> Say that three times. Nice. First, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's another game called Mad Wizard, which came out as well. Uh, and I'm not sure that, I th- again, I think this is USB who published this, but developed this, but it's, it's a platforming game. Uh, I'm trying to think, describe the style. It's really, it's a really tricky game. I love the music though. Completely 100% original NES game, so mm. that's pretty cool. Uh, I, you know, I said for a while ago I was gonna, you know, boycott Nintendo. Uh, I, I broke that. I bought a you. I bought this game used though, but I got that new NES remix for the 3DS. Oh, I'm glad you got that. That's a really good game, dude. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Isn't it good? It is really good. Yeah, and it's got like the 
Nintendo Championship kind of style to it as well. It, it does. I mean, speaking of like love letter stuff, I mean that's oh. that's a just a, a handshake to all of us who played those games back then. That's really really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying them. Almost gone through all every stage. So I don't know what happens when you beat it all. I don't know either. I haven't gone that far. But how are you liking to play that Donkey Kong though? Oh, loving it. I mean, yeah. how cool. <laughs> yeah, and then they have one where you're. Uh, they had one where you're actually upside. They do like the the you know the, the remix or whatever the you know. So they had one where like you have to do Donkey Kong upside down, which was really tricky. Oh, I haven't been to that yet. Or, or they have like one where they're like these like uh, springs that are jumping down on you while you're doing Donkey Kong, and that's pretty tricky. Mm. So uh, and then they have like you play as Luigi, but you play backwards. Ooh, you know? yeah, that's so rough. It's tough. I mean, they kind of do these little things that, that throw you off a little bit. But uh, and then they have, you know, of course, the original Mario Brothers, and they have uh, Super Excite Mario bikes on there, Excite bikes on mm -hmm. there, Punch Out, uh, Metroid, and you know the Lost Levels. You know, which the the second Mario Brothers Mario game, Two, you know? yeah, yeah, Mario Two. That game's freaking hard, man. It is, and I think that's kind of why they they didn't release it in the states like i mean that's from what i well, right. at least what i understand you know and they yeah. thought it would be too much of the same and harder and i don't i think they just thought maybe it wouldn't sell all that well they had to get you know do something different they like poison mushrooms and stuff but it's it's really tricky because it tells you you have like sometimes in some cases you have like there are all these mini games for those who haven't played this game but in some cases you have like 30 seconds or 20 seconds to do like collect all the coins or or do these certain things, or or kill a certain enemy in a certain way, you know? right? So it's, right, it's kind of tricky. It's like speed running almost, you know. It is, yeah, it is definitely. It, I wonder I if it, they. I wish it was in three D. That's my only complaint. Is it? It's oh. only two. It's only two D. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, See, well, you, I, you I have it on Wii U. It. Okay, yeah, the Wii U version. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of disappointing. But. Yeah, man, that would be neat to play those old games kind of... I think they could have done that. They could have. They yeah. Could have. Well, you it's can't, all good. can't have it all, right? It doesn't take away from the gameplay, by all means. And, you know, it is a really fun fun game. Yeah, so, totally. How to pick that up. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Just been busy playing those games for the most part. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. I know you're traveling a lot for work and stuff, so... I am. I was in Boston last week. Oh, uh, this past week I went to... You know you know Cliva. He's been on the show before. Yeah, Quick Freeze. Good guy, Quick yeah. Freeze. Yeah, good guy, good guy. So we were in Boston. I was in Boston for work and went up to Fun Spot, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, Lacordia, I think it's the name of the town. But Fun Spot, for those who don't, don't know, it's the world's largest arcade, according to Guinness Book of World Records. Uh -huh. They have over 500 machines and pinball they have uh bowling and they have a whole bunch of really cool things mini golf but i've been there before several years back but every time you go they have new machines because they have like there's so many arcades it's acam which stands for american classic arcade museum which is like it's a museum and so they always change the new games but they have one in particular that i was playing it's called hercules which is the world's largest pinball okay mm. this thing is the size of a queen bed Get out of here. Are you serious? Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, it's, my. The pinball itself is a cue ball. What? Yeah. It's oh, like, my. Came out in the 70s. Uh, the flippers are huge. They're like. Oh, they'd have to be. Yeah, they're, they're huge. But it's almost a point where, like, the ball's so heavy, it's hard to get up to, like, the top tier of the pinball table. Yeah, they have to have baseball bats down there. Oh, freaking incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though, man. It's a good time. It's like you walk in this place. It's like flashback to the eighties, man. Dude, now you've you've done a, a video or two filming that place before, I haven't have, you? Yeah, my, yeah. I remember watching it. D did you film this time and show that? I Pinball? did. I did. I did some quick filming round two. Uh, you know, I have a Game Street One arcade. I'm a huge arcade guy. So I have a whole channel dedicated to like arcade walkthroughs and stuff. So for those who are curious, you can check it out. It's on that channel. Uh, my old video. Uh, probably put my new video on my main channel, uh, but but yeah, no, it was a good time. You know, Clive is doing good. It's always great to see him. But you know, Boston got a ton of snow recently. I don't know if you knew this, Jason, uh. but man, last three weeks they've. They, I think it's the third highest snowfall recorded. Oh my god! Yeah, so literally, I was driving and you'd see the trees weren't so bad, but they had not exaggerating at all, like twenty feet of piles of snow on the side of the street. Like they just had to plow it. And it's dangerous because you can't make any turns because there's blind corners, you know? You yeah. 
you can't see around these. And like on Tuesday, it was a high of eight degrees, and it was just freezing. And oh, that just cuts through you, man. Miserable. No but thanks. It was cool. And then I, I checked out a cool game store called Game Underground, which is in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts, which is uh, 30 minutes outside of Boston. And really cool if you're in the Boston area, check this out. But it's called Game Underground because you actually walk, open the door, and you, you open the store steps, and you go downstairs, and they had a huge game tournament going on. Oh, cool. Games. It was cool. They had a Smash Brothers tournament going on. There's some really cool arcade section. So I did some game hunting and stuff. I didn't pick up anything really too cool. I just kind of was looking around. But people were really nice, man. It was awesome, awesome store. So that's it's cool to have too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right on. Well, good, man. Well, I'm glad we did a little episode there, even though we're missing yeah. the guys. I'm glad we did something. It was good to talk to Mike. I know we had him scheduled, so it was good to... Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hopefully, we'll get the guys back on next time. And I know Pete, you know, he, he sent me a message, and I know he, he posted something on, on Facebook or Facebook, but he feels really bad. I know he wants to be on more than he is, but he's been so busy with school, you know. Yeah, he said he spent, at one one time, he spent, like, what do you say, 32 20? hours or something or something crazy? Yeah, at yeah. school, like completely there, and and his phone died, and I guess his parents had no idea, and like his friends had no idea where he was, and you know, like you yeah, know, they got all worried and stuff. They got worried, yeah, yeah. So he is super busy. He has addressed it on our Facebook. He's talked about it. He's just he's just doing school, man, and you know, life and school and work and family and all that stuff. It all it all comes first. So yeah, um, I can't blame him for that. Yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. So we'll we'll hook all back up. Yeah, well, I think once we get all of us on, we'll, we'll, we should answer some questions, man, the forums and be a part of that, catch up on a lot of the questions. Q right, and maybe even some audio questions. I haven't got any for a while, and I haven't really talked about it. But yeah, So if you guys are listening and you want to send us all questions, that would be great. We can, we'll can we do a questions episode or something with all of us. Uh, contact at allgengamers.com is the email. Just record yourself uh, on your phone or computer, however you want to do it. Send it over to me and... Um, we can get through some of them. That'd be fun. That's always a good time. We like oh, yeah. interacting with fun. you guys. It's always fun because I never, you listen to them, but you screen them, I think, but we never screen, you know, we, or I think sometimes you don't screen them. I don't know, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a hit or it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. we're, whoa>. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it hits you. Yeah. Sometimes you hit us with random stuff, but it's good times. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Good talking to you. Yeah. Friend. You too, John. All right, guys. Take care. See you guys. See you, bud. Bye. Bye-bye.